0: Welcome to Culture Factor. I'm your producer and host, Holly Shannon. Our new season looks at creators, innovators, and entrepreneurs. Why? Because the creator and gig economy is emerging. Talent has gone to work for themselves. The new year starts with the 101, or the beginner guide, for NFTs, blockchain, cryptocurrency, Bitcoin, and all those metaverse and Web3 topics we keep hearing about. We are all going back to school on Culture Factor to understand this decentralized economy. From creator coins to the tax implications of selling crypto, let's unpack these emerging technologies in really simple terms. Join me and feel free to send in your questions. Would your brand like to sponsor Culture Factor? It is your opportunity to be a part of a podcast that is ranked in the top 2% globally and heard in over 89 countries. Email holly at hollyshannon.com subscribe to Culture Factor and share with a friend now. Okay, let's start with our class. Let's get our next guest on. Hello, Culture Factor family. Today, I have Toni Payne with me. She's a photographer and educator in the NFT community, and she gives life to things you would otherwise consider mundane. She loves to explore and lives to capture the world around her. She loves shooting wildlife, because like humans, they also have a story. What I'm really excited about is I met Tony in Twitter Spaces, and she is an educator in the making. So I really want to lean in on this conversation with her, and I'd love to introduce her. Hi, Tony.
1: Hi, how are you?
0: I'm great. Welcome to Culture Factor. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be here excellent um the reason why you stood out for me is you started off as a photographer and then you were educating people about nfts so let me ask you what your inspiration was to move um and maybe you haven't moved completely but to move from photography into the nft space and and what the difference is between a jpeg and an nft
1: (laughs) awesome so My inspiration um, to start listing or doing my work um, in the NFT space is pretty much very simple. If you understand the history of photography um, as an art form, photography as an art form has been for many, many, many decades been underrated. Um, When a friend of mine called me and told me about NFTs, he was like, oh, Tony, there's this thing called NFTs. Um, You do photography. Your art is great. Why don't you try it out? And then me being me, I'm a queen of research. I was like, okay, well, I'm gonna look into it first. I'm not just gonna try it out. <laughs> so I started doing my research and kind of um, getting a better understanding of what NFTs are and what they do. And the one thing that stood out for me about NFTs was you have this—it's um, a non-fungible token. It's recorded on a blockchain, and it's like a permanent like receipt, you know, a ledger saying this thing existed at this particular point in time was created and listed on the blockchain at this particular point in time was collected at this point in time. And it gives whatever it is value. Right. And for me, I thought, oh my goodness, perfect for photography. This is like the perfect marriage, right? Because I call NFTs and photography the perfect marriage. They're going to be together forever because this thing now takes something that has been underrated for so long and starts to give it even more value. Because as a photographer, you know your work is valuable. You know even um, compared to painters, whoever, Photography is valuable. Photography is that one art form that captures time, that captures things as they are. I don't know any other art form that can go back into World War II and say, this is what everybody looked like exactly. This is what they were wearing. This is what they were doing. These were the cannons that were being used. Photography is like that thing that um, that secures, or I wouldn't say secure, is that art form that captures history, right? And yeah, it does secure it because without Mm -hmm. photography, we wouldn't have a lot of things to go back on. We just have people's words to go back on, right? So it it does secure it in a certain way. And the fact that you can now put it on this blockchain, which is permanent, I just felt like it was amazing. And that was my inspiration for wanting my work um, on the blockchain. Mm,
0: That makes perfect sense. Perfect sense. And and it doesn't mean that you can't have it both ways like you can still create your work and put it up on a wall and sell it through galleries and oh, so absolutely. forth. but this gives you another channel
1: Absolutely.
0: Um, i'm curious um before i go to that to my next question mm-hmm. do you find it difficult to build out experiences uh, within each NFT that you create. And when I say that, you know, I have learned along the way, and, and my culture factor family starting to learn this too, um, there's the concept of utilities where you can unlock things and, and bring about other experiences that go along with the art. Um, have you found that that enhances your experience of sharing your artwork? On the blockchain as an NFT, or do you think that um, muddies it and makes it harder because it's another layer of marketing?
1: This is a beautiful question because this is one question that I come across a lot in the NFT community, especially from people just starting out in the NFT community. Um, we have to, first of all, look at NFTs and what type of art are being sold um, as NFTs. We have I'll say two layers right now, right? We have the PFP projects and we have the one-on-one art. So the PFP projects, they do use um art, well, a picture of something. <laughs> yep. I'm not sure if you and, can and always-
0: define PFP.
1: Um PFP is like your profile picture um images. They're just like little avatars that you can use as a profile picture. And a lot of projects, it could be a project that's for gamification. It could be a project that's there to raise funds. They adapt these PFPs um, as a way to identify their project. So it's totally different from when a photographer is selling their art um, on the blockchain. They're like two totally different things. And a lot of times when people come into the NFT um, community or the NFT space, they get it confused. It can be muddy. And that's one of the things that we are working on is to educate people, especially one-on-one artists that look, your art is the utility. Nobody goes into a gallery and purchases art and says, oh, does it come with a cruise ship um (laughs) does it come with a cruise (laughs) nobody does that nobody bought the mona lisa and said oh do i get a private jet with it nobody does that so um the art is the utility so i think coming into the nft space the mentality should be as a one-on-one artist be it a photographer be it a painter be it a 3d artist you're not a pfp um a PFP offering (laughs) a project. You're not a PFP project. You're an artist in the space. A lot of PFP projects, they're either companies, they hire artists to create the art to represent what their PFP stands for. So the art in the PFPs are kind of just like a token to represent who they are. You know, it's like, Mm -hmm. okay, we need something to identify us. So it's not about, the PFP projects are not always about the art. They're about the utility and what the project stands for versus the one on one art, which is about the art. So, totally two different things. And that's why NFTs, again, are so awesome because you can literally use NFTs for so many things. I mean, like, look, we're going to be looking into the future, right? Where NFTs are probably going to be used to go to concerts. Like, you purchase a token, an NFT. then connect your wallet. Then when you get to the concert venue, they're going to say, oh, let's see your NFT. They're going to scan your NFT. And that's how you get in. So in the, in the, if we start looking at it with art, then, you know, we'll see oh, PFP projects use art or use an image. Cause some of them don't even use art art. They use like, you know, pictures of ducks, <laughs> mm-hmm, <laughs> toads and things like that to represent their um, project. So it can be muddied. And that's why I think us in the community, we need to do a lot more to um, educate people, especially the one-on-one artists that don't put that kind of pressure on yourself. Their goals are totally different. Their goals are there to raise funds for their project and do whatever it is they're doing, be it a game, be it um, having their own token um, and things like that. But your goal is to sell your art like you would in a, um, not a museum, in a gallery. And this is just a new way to do it. And that's what it is. You are the, um, your art is the utility. Um, and I, I try to stay away from the word utility when it comes to one-on-one art. Cause like it can get confusing. Like it can get muddied if we keep using that word. So I call them extras. Yeah, <laughs> like, <laughs> yes. that's a good idea
0: actually. Uh, so um, I'm sorry, I don't mean to interrupt. I, no, you're good. Um, so I think that in talking with artists Mm -hmm. Uh, whatever they happen to be photographers or painters or whatever I think that or I'm hopeful that they realize that they can just do a one-of-one and be a purist Mm -hmm. and that maybe the idea of PFPs or NFTs as tickets or as or being used with utilities could maybe be more in the graphic design space, the entertainment Uh space and Mm -hmm. all of that, like maybe there needs to be that separation of church and state in a way.
1: Absolutely. And I think with more um, education, um, people start to realize it because I mean, the easiest way to look at it is this. A lot of PFP projects have like 10,000 pieces Most one-on-one artists don't have 10,000 pieces. I don't even have up to 100 pieces listed as NFTs. So um, how are you going to compare yourself to a PFP project that has 10,000 pieces, it's probably raised like $10 million, and can afford to offer those kind of utilities to you, a one-on-one artist, where you have your five pieces, and um, that is all you have to offer in terms of, you know, In terms of the in terms of your art it's just like no comparison, and I think a lot of times when people come into the space because there's a lot of things going on within the space. I think they start to get a little confused because I mean yeah pfp projects do take Center stage. For now, Um, it's going to get to a time when one on one art is going to be the thing in NFTs um, and PRP projects will probably have to take a backseat to them. But because they take a center stage right now, people come into the space. That's what they see. The lingo is being used, um, the way things are being done. That's what they are exposed to. And then they start to follow in that path. Whereas it's wrong. You know, you got to follow in the path of the people doing what you do, not people doing projects.
0: Mm. That's so well said. And, and, and so that actually, uh, brings me to my segue into community. Um, Mm -hmm. we all do better when we can find our tribe. So, um, I know there's a lot of different communities out there. Um, I've noticed on your website and your blog, you do talk about the differences between Solana and Ethereum. Yes. Um, I'm not sure that the the education behind you know, the previous part of our discussion takes place there. But um, could I ask you to at least share the differences and why uh, being within the right community makes sense for an artist, an NFT artist?
1: Awesome. Beautiful question again. Um, So here's the thing with Ethereum and Solana. <laughs> so pretty much Ethereum is just, um, it's a blockchain. Solana is also a blockchain. As we know or may not know, NFTs are bought with crypto cryptocurrency so they're crypto art right and ethereum is just a currency a cryptocurrency same way solana is a cryptocurrency so it's just a matter of what cryptocurrency do you want to purchase your nft with is it ethereum or is it solana i liken it to um the dollar do i want to purchase something with the dollar or do i want to purchase it with the yen that's pretty much what it is. Now, in the NFT community, because Ethereum has been, um, I say, king <laughs> in NFTs because that's the that's the token or that's the cryptocurrency that NFTs adopted um, for some reason. That's what most people end up trading on because there are more collectors on the Ethereum blockchain. There are more artists on the Ethereum blockchain. And generally, most people trade on Ethereum than income comes Solana. So I personally like both, but I personally also prefer Solana. And the reason I prefer Solana is one main reason. The gas fees on Ethereum can be ridiculous. So for people that may not know what the gas fees on Ethereum means, I'll explain. Um, so when you want to make a purchase, an NFT purchase, right? What you do is you pay for the NFT itself. Then you also pay a transaction fee. And this transaction fee goes to the miner. The miners are people that record the transaction on the blockchain. So you're paying, you know, sometimes it could be in the hundreds or 200s. Um, You know, if we do the equivalent in dollars, it could be $100, $200 just to have your transaction recorded on the blockchain. And for people that are just coming into NFTs and may not have a lot of funds, that can be difficult. And it starts to filter a lot of people out. We're trying to be fair in NFTs, right? We're saying Web3 should be for everybody. And if Web3 has to be for everybody, it also has to have a good entry point for everybody right but with ethereum if you don't have the funds there's already a barrier to entry for you at that point so income solana solana super fast blockchain as well value holds up pretty well too but guess what the gas fees on solana are next to nothing they're super cheap so i always advise artists that are just starting out why not try solana yes there are more people collecting on Ethereum. It might work out better for you on Ethereum, but if you cannot afford it, just try Solana. There are people collecting on Solana as well. But you know, human nature—we tend to gravi- gravitate to where things are happening. <laughs> but with time, that's going to change. Um, I know OpenSea is implementing Solana onto their um, marketplace and they're the biggest marketplace right now so that's gonna you're gonna see a big shift you're gonna see a big shift of people going from ETH to Solana and Solana is gonna give ETH a lot of competition Um, I know people argue oh ETH is more secure or Solana is not decentralized but guess what Ethereum has been around longer than Solana so it's still building out and with time, it's going to do well. I mean, at least I think it's going to do well. Don't quote me. <laughs> no, no, it's totally I'm cool. Bo- well, this I'm is bo- not financial
0: ra- advice to anybody. You know, We're, we're just all learning as we go here. Um, Absolutely. So I, I have a question. So I went on OpenSea because mm-hmm. I want to collect and I also want to put art on there. Mm-hmm. And I feel that if I do both, I'll be able to help my community even more. Um, mm-hmm. And I noticed that you can um put your nft up there and accept um ethereum for minting it um or paying for it i guess i mint it and then people buy it from there Mm -hmm. um i noticed that they had polygon is polygon the solana um chain or is that something completely
1: different too completely different so the polygon on um on OpenSea is like a second layer ETH, right? But it's Polygon. So Polygon is another cryptocurrency. It's another blockchain completely different from Ethereum, Ethereum, completely different from Solana. So now we're thinking, um, you know, um, we're thinking dollar, yen, pounds, right? Okay, okay. <laughs> they perform the same functions, which is to purchase things, but they're totally different currencies. So, polygon um oh can be <laughs> a bit tricky. no you're fine <laughs>
0: i was just to... curious if the gas fees for that were lower oh but yeah go so ahead.
1: polygon has no gas fee so here's where the trick comes in a lot of people i mean i personally i don't see anything wrong with polygon but the general feeling in the nft community is oh don't do it and i get it the reason is because a lot of scams take place on polygon because it's free so you will have scammers that will take other people's work and remint it on polygon um and try to sell it so a lot of people tend to stay away from polygon and then it's not as secure as you would say solana or ethereum it's like a um a layer two blockchain um so people prefer to use the original (laughs) yeah which makes sense
0: but you know OpenSea only offered ethereum or polygon so if somebody wanted to take advantage of using Solana could they mint their nft on like Rarible would that be a place that would would present that option
1: Awesome question again. Um, So with Solana, Solana has some Solana native marketplaces. So you have um, Exchange, you have Holoplex, um, you have Magic Eden. Those are Solana native marketplaces that deal with just Solana. Um, So yeah, Solana does have it. That's why the communities are a little bit different because there are some people that are strictly Solana and there are some people that are strictly ETH. And then there are people like me, they're right down the middle, like we love both. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So Solana does have its own marketplaces. So OpenSea right now, as of us speaking right now, they don't officially have Solana on their website, but they're working on it because it's, we've seen it. We've seen the back end of it, right? And they're actively working on it. So I'm guessing um, maybe before this comes out or even weeks after, we would have seen Solana as an option on OpenSea. And when that happens, I believe there will be a big shift. And I think that's going to, I mean, a lot of people will abandon Polygon for sure when Solana becomes available on OpenSea.
0: Yeah, especially since they feel that it's not so safe. Um, yeah. Thank you for that. Um, so. so you want to be able to communicate with different people. You want to have channels uh, where you can talk to people about Mm -hmm. your, you know, sharing your artwork so that you could sell it. Because obviously these communities, they hang out someplace and communicate someplace. So um, there are three places i've noticed the most i'm not saying they mm-hmm. don't exist in other places but discord channels that are created by artists or by organizations twitter spaces same thing clubhouse mm-hmm. same thing um, what do you use do you have any feelings about any of those um, places and i will say i do hang out on clubhouse uh, almost most of the percentage of time twitter spaces i have a hard time with and discord feels like a bowl of spaghetti can you help me
1: (laughs) (laughs) oh i have had my battles with discord too when i first got into the nft space I, you know, spoke to, um, he's a photographer in the space, um, Justin Avisano, and he told me you need to get on discord. And I was like, okay, I tried. And I was like, I can't do this delete. (laughs) Yeah. Right. I'm in like five
0: discords right now. And I, I hardly look at it, but go ahead.
1: It does feel like a bowl of spaghetti. And that's like such a perfect way to describe it. Discord can be very overwhelming, but again, NFTs, I don't know, the community has adopted Discord. Um, And I get why they have adopted Discord. Discord does have functions um, that developers can create and implement into various Discords to, um, I think one of the biggest ones is to verify that you own a token. Um, So a lot of projects do use that to verify who owns their token so they can get access to a different side of Discord or a different channel in their Discord and um i think i don't know how many discords i'm in (laughs) but i also kind of wonder like you know i have a friend that said she's in 200 discords and she's reached her limit and i'm like how do you do it like how do you keep up Like, i can't personally do 200 that's a lot
0: 200
1: 200 i i have maybe 50 or less (laughs) and Tony, I had one
0: and I was ready to fling my phone across the room. Now I have like five and I never look at it.
1: If I need to do anything on my computer that requires sound, I have to shut down all discords because all you hear is.
0: Yeah, it's a bit, it's a a lot like a Slack channel. Um, It's,
1: it's, it's, yeah. But that, I mean, that's what, for some reason, that's what we've adopted in NFTs and nothing nothing else has come to damn to people over. <laughs> I, <know. laughs> I always say that when discord alternative <laughs> definitely and nothing else has come to um i guess take discord's place and um i think it will eventually happen because yeah discord is a bit on the clumpy side um but now they have the threaded um conversations where you can just start a thread and maintain your conversation within that thread not a lot of people use it though even i don't use it often but (laughs) i think that helps a bit to kind of keep track of the people you're talking to because one long chat where you just a whole bunch of people are talking especially the bigger discord can be like okay did i even say something in there yeah (laughs) yeah what did i say did they did somebody respond and then yeah i don't i don't I don't know i'm not um i'm getting used to being a fan of discord but i do like that it offers you a chance to um for instance if you have nfts minted you can and people are holding your token they can come into your discord and they can verify that they're owning the token so if you have any utilities that you do offer then you can offer them the utility versus just everybody that's in the discord that you're not sure um own your token Um, The Twitter spaces, Twitter spaces is probably the, uh, I'm not sure if I'll say first or second, second popular place to gather um, because Discord definitely has to be first, right? (laughs) Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, Twitter spaces will be second. I would have said Clubhouse, but because a lot of people from Clubhouse have shifted to Twitter spaces, I will say Twitter spaces. Um, And I think Twitter spaces is just easy because you're already on Twitter and then spaces is right there so you can just hop in and still be on twitter and i think the ease of using twitter spaces is what makes it very attractive um, to everybody just connect with people in the nft community right then and there while you're using twitter um clubhouse is one of those places that i have slacked on (laughs) Mm. for whatever reason i never got on clubhouse till maybe I got on last year, I believe, and I just never used it. And I still hardly use it. I literally only go on Clubhouse per invitation. Like somebody invites me um, to join their conversation on Clubhouse. Then you'll see me there. For some reason, I, I was kind of late to Clubhouse. And I, a, a part of me wishes I wasn't. <laughs> mm. Well, because that's a, a lot- good
0: time to get on, actually, I feel like. Um, because I think there's a whole influx of people, um, having the conversation that you're having and you're so Mm -hmm. knowledgeable. So I think you would probably, uh, get get traction pretty quickly there Definitely. um and i'm sorry now that we didn't do this uh on clubhouse this interview because i i do my interviews for culture factor in that space but oh, we're, we're um, fine. <laughs> maybe, maybe we'll have a follow-up where we just do like A Q&A there and we can introduce you to to that
1: community awesome that'd be awesome
0: what what would be the benefits for your your NFT by, uh, joining other discords. Like say you don't have your own discord channel as an artist. You're like, I don't have the bandwidth for that, but I'm going to join other communities in discord, um, so that I could share my work with people. Um, would that be the benefit and would there be
1: other benefits as well? Awesome. So, um, the benefit, very simple networking, NFTs the community is very, you got to network. You can't get away from not networking. You know, you have to network within the community. And because a lot of people are already in Discords based on whatever PFP they collect or based on whatever community they're a part of, they're in their networking. So the advantage of being in Discord is that you get to network, you get to meet people. And it's, you know, and it's people that probably share common interests with you versus Twitter, which is, Twitter is a little bit like, um, the flea market, everybody's out there, right? And then Discord is more like okay, this restaurant in the flea market. It's mm, <laughs> just mm-hmm. specific to a certain community, and then you can network within the community. Like there's some there's a Discord ca- called women in NFT. So if you're a woman in NFTs, you can just go in there, um. And network. And a lot of times, you know, some people collect PFP projects because they want to be a part of something, right? They want to feel like, oh, I'm part of um, this community or this group of people. I'm a cool cat or I'm a um, wall or I'm a fame lady. Um, so yeah, if you come in there, I'm a fame lady. You're, you know, it's just like camaraderie, right? Right. (laughs) You know, and when you feel like you're, you're a tribe, you tend to, um, what's the word I'm looking for. You tend to help each other out. You tend to be closer. You tend to, um, network better, I guess, um, within community. So that's one thing I'll say discord, um, is good for
0: Yeah, because you find like-minded people.
1: Exactly. And it's
0: it's interesting because the PFPs, to me, the profile pictures, Uh I liken that a little bit to that concept of virtue signaling where people, um, you know, it's kind of like, uh wearing certain labels like if you go out and you wear i don't know tori birch or something with all the logos showing and then you know you're standing online someplace and somebody's like oh my god i love your bag i love her collection i can't
1: disagree yeah
0: so i feel like that's what the pfp is in in my mind
1: i Um, i feel like i i I wish i could disagree with you but i can't honestly because yes um and that's another and that's another thing um with ETH and solana um you know the solana pfp communities are a bit different um ETH, there's a lot of oh look at me i own this 10 ETH pfp <laughs> i'm mm, rich mm-hmm. <laughs> but solana is more um you have the d there mostly so solana is just about oh um we're just having fun whatever you know so yeah what's um, a d gen Oh gosh. <laughs> Sorry.
0: Cause I tried to keep this so that like the people listening
1: will understand.
0: I know there's a lot of terminology,
1: so I have, there to, I have is to a lot of terminology. It. Um, so a degen, I, I, it's, it's degenerate, but in web three, it doesn't mean something that bad. It's just people that are kind of like, in NFTs and about web three, um, they don't like centralization. They prefer decentralization. Um, I don't want to use the word. Um, what's the word I could use? No, I know what you're rebels. saying. That they're, they're like, they're like <laughs> proud outsiders. Kind exactly. Of. Exactly. They're web two rebels. I call them web two rebels. Oh, that's even better.
0: <laughs> I'm often asked Does my business need a podcast? My answer is yes, That nothing else is the fast track into thought leadership and being established and seen as the expert in your industry as podcasting. What's increasingly evident is that it's a branding machine. It kicks doors open for you to have conversations with leaders. It creates a pathway to partnerships and connections on a deeper level. You will not be your industry's best kept secret. Your ideas and business will have global reach. So step into your power. Go to hollyshannon.com to launch your podcast now. And now, back to our interview. I'm going to throw the left field question at you. I, mm-hmm. I do this occasionally with people, but I think you're up for it. i um, <laughs> Could you share, um, I don't know, three mistakes. If you don't have three, you don't have to. Three mistakes that you've made um, in the process of shifting Uh, your photography into NFTs and or collecting?
1: Oh, gosh, yes. (laughs) So (laughs) the first mistake collecting, never, ever, and I've done this and I probably still will do it because psychology, right? Never, ever FOMO into anything. And FOMO means fear of missing out you might just be on twitter on the timeline and you see people talking about this pfp and you're thinking oh i want that because you know it might moon moon means it might take off in value um it might moon oh i want this um pfp i want something of value and then you rush into getting it without doing due diligence without doing your research and then it doesn't moon <laughs> and then you're holding in your wallet some pfp that just never took off um and wah 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 yeah exactly
0: (laughs) so always
1: always I'm, i'm i'm guilty of that in the beginning where i didn't do my research and another thing um is if you trust in something go for it there are some projects that i really 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 loved and wanted and the gas fees were so ridiculous when i decided to pull the trigger and purchase one that i kind of you know Decided oh, I'm just gonna wait, and then I got busy and never went back, and then I got priced out. So um, that's another thing. Gas fees are not going away if you're trading on ETH. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, so it's just, it's sort of like you have to take the the medicine no matter ex- what.
1: Exactly, it's like you know you you want to go down the street. You're paying $500 gas just to go down the street. Yeah. <laughs> doesn't make sense to me and it would never make sense to me but that's just what it is Um, can we
0: just lie to ourselves and say okay it's we're just flying to mexico but we have to fly to mexico to get the nft
1: i know right i know i wish i wish it came with that experience (laughs) (laughs) i know that that's always been my struggle that's probably my only struggle with nfts is the ETH gas fees. i i just For me, I can't get over it. I find it very hard to get over and I (laughs) I probably talk about it so much. People are like, geez.
0: (laughs) I I have to believe it's going to regulate and come down at some point. There's just so many people um, pushing that. There's new blockchains being created. Um, You know, I think maybe they were first to the game. So it was almost like that blockchain was a bit of a monopoly, if you will. Um, Yes. I, I, I think it will have to change at some point
1: so the thing with eth again is outside of nfts eth is being traded consistently so um the blockchain is being used outside of nfts as well but the thing is i think there is an update coming um is it ethereum 2.0 um is coming it's been coming for six years though so don't get excited But they say this year is when we're going to see it. But like I said, they've been saying that for a while. But I did hear that they were doing like the final test runs um, and it will come and it will bring down the gas fees. I'm not sure if that's going to happen. You know, it's still still speculation. Um, But yeah, hopefully it does bring down the gas fees because that needs to happen. And it really needs to happen for things to thrive because I don't think um, these gas fees, I don't think they're... um, I don't know i don't think they're sustainable um long term um so the third thing i will say um the mistake that i probably made in nfts is oh gosh i don't know in terms of my photography hmm (laughs)
0: All right, let me ask you this question. Have you found it hard to stay true to being a purist and an artist and a photographer and just doing the one-on-one, or have you felt obliged to um, push it and create that utility or perks or hidden things
1: because of um, FOMO? Oh gosh, so no. So I naturally, because... um, I'm one of those photographers that like to know that somebody actually owns my artwork in their home so all their friends can see it and go. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so here's what I have done. Um, some of my pieces, I have them priced in such a way where if you're the collector, I can reach out to you if I know who you are, because we're talking web three here, right? So a lot of people still enjoy being anonymous and don't want to be known or reached out to, or they don't want you having that, um, address or whatever. So there are some people that don't actually mind that will make it known that this is me. Hi, I'm the one who collected it. So for the people that did, um, collect your artwork, um, that you do know who they are and collected the ones that are priced to, you know, give them a little bit of, I don't want to call it utility gift with purchase. (laughs) Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That's Okay. (laughs) gift with purchase um you can reach out and i do that where um some of my pieces come with a metal print and i'll say oh hey what's up um you collected my piece thank you but it comes with a metal piece do you want it and i haven't had a no yet um actually i did get one maybe because they stayed in canada so they were like oh shipping because shipping free shipping is only to the u.s so they're like, just hold on to it um, but the ones that have been in the U.S. have said yes. And I just have it shipped to them. And then they send me pictures and we're all kumbaya and we're happy. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I love so that. So for me personally, as a photographer, it's more of a personal thing. Um, I do things my way I because I I'm not going to put undue pressure on myself to try to be like everybody else because, you know, you can't be like everybody else. You're just going to give yourself this huge headache trying to keep up and trying to maintain um, what you've started. If you can't, don't start what you can't finish pretty much. Um, so, but I think for me, the one thing that I will say that, um, is trying to limit myself. I've done that a lot where I do still life photography. I do wildlife photography, but I try to limit myself to just still life. And at some point I started feeling, um, bad. (laughs) Mm -hmm, Like mm -hmm. I just, I feel like, Oh, I'm not being creative enough. I'm not happy. And you know, I just want to do whatever I want to do. But then I also understand scarcity and, um, not putting everything out there. So it's finding that balance can be hard. Um, I believe I wrote about it a while back where I was like, Oh, I'm, I don't want to do everything. now. I just want to do one thing. Now I've changed my mind Now I (laughs) want to do, I want to do everything. So I think that's just being a creative. You're going to bounce between how I want to do things, um, how my life is going and what I see for myself. It's going to change. And and that's the beauty of being a creative. We follow kind of our human instincts. Mm -hmm. Um, And for me right now is, oh, I want to do more than one thing. Maybe next week it'll be, I just want to do one.
0: But the well, one I think thing it's that- part of the human experience, right? Exactly. Like there's just, right. There's going to be some times where you feel um, stretched, and um, there's just too much information coming at you, and in those exactly. moments, I think is when you try to channel and and wrap your hands around, you know, one or two things that you can sort of keep constant and and create a foundation for yourself and then exactly. there's sometimes where that feels like okay now I've created guardrails and I'm ready to like put them down cuz I I
1: need a different energy in my life so like uh-huh. I think that's normal Exactly. So um those are probably the three things um and you know one thing I will say is just be consistent and that's one thing consistent in quality because trust me the, <laughs> the nft space you're gonna have people that look at the nft space come into the nft space probably not an artist just say oh people are selling photos for x amount or well, i can just go outside and take a photo and sell it you're gonna i've seen a lot of that actually mm-hmm, um mm-hmm. and <laughs> right right it can be you know okay we're trying to do this thing and have people take it seriously here, you know, and if you're a creative or you're just starting out, that is absolutely wonderful, but just make sure you take it seriously. And you'll see situations where there's some people that, you know, when I first started, they were in NFTs. I don't see them anymore. And, you know, they gave up along the way because it's not easy. A lot of people think it's easy. Oh, I'm just going to put an NFT up and I'm going to sell. It doesn't work that way. You got to grind. You have to literally grind every single day. Um, you know, there are people in the NFT community from you see them 8 a.m. in the morning <laughs> and you're going to bed at 10 at night and they're still in spaces mm. um, you, and also to take mental breaks. You got to take mental breaks because burnout is real. You know, the burnout is real in NFTs. It's a lot to take in. It's a lot to digest. You're going to start seeing other people's work, comparing yourself to people. Don't do it. You know, it's not healthy. Um, so I've I've learned to try to find my balance <laughs> within the community. I don't do more than myself. And I make sure that I take care of my mental health because, you know, without it, I wouldn't even be in the space.
0: Mm, that's such a beautiful way to, to end this conversation. I'm not even going to ask you another question. <laughs> uh, that's like the mic drop moment there for me. Um, I, I do want to let people know that, um, Tony is really working on, um, educating the community. Um, so my question to you here would just be, how would people find you, um, as you start to, uh, mentor and, uh,
1: provide, you know, I don't know, workshops or things like that for people? Absolutely. Um, so. To find me, um, I'm on Twitter, at Tony Payne, and that's T-O-N-I, <laughs> not Y, <laughs> Payne, P-A-Y-N-E. And you can hop on my website, um, NFT.com. And like you, um, Holly, I do have a podcast as well, Educating People. Um, it's called the NFT Talk Show. Um, but yeah, so... You know, I got to invite you on, on the podcast. (laughs) I
0: am in, I would love to do that. I think, you know, we all bring, yeah, we just bring different, uh, perspectives, right? So you absolutely, you know, I can ask all those questions like (laughs)
1: for the newbies. (laughs) Exactly. You know, that actually would be fun because I never get anybody interview me on my podcast. So I, I'm bringing you on for sure to do that. <laughs> oh,
0: I would love to do that. And, you know, uh, I'll tell you know, they should definitely follow you on uh, Twitter, too. I mean, you you do a lot on there. And so they would see you in real time and, and they would learn in real time. Absolutely. And when you're in Twitter spaces, if they have questions, you know, they can they can go there. And, and you have a huge influence there. You have so many people following you. So I know that makes you stay consistent in that space right absolutely yeah i I try my best yeah you're doing a good job tony i'm so glad you came on my show thank you for coming to
1: culture factor thank you so much holly thank you for having me i really enjoyed my time here
0: yay thank you